So we are kind of at the end of August. So some of you have children and they're in school. Some of you are watching right now and you have school tomorrow or maybe you're, you're getting ready uh, to go back to college or maybe some of you have already gone. I don't know the, co the college schedule. For some of you, this is your first time back on Wednesday night. So we want to say welcome back uh, to you if you have been gone for a while to be here on Wednesday night and then for those of you your first time here online we welcome you but there are many firsts that are coming up or coming back to and when I think of summertime and where we are and not just in our world but where we are in our walk with Jesus Christ we can miss those first time connections with God and those first time moments the new seasons with God or the new things that God has done if we don't remind ourselves often like we can just go on with life and just continue on and forget about all the great things that God has done. And when we pray over times like this, we're going to pray over our tithes and offerings. Sometimes it can spark a little like, a, oh man, this is the part I hate because it's, it's tough for me to give. I don't want you to think about finances. Okay, go back to the first time Jesus saved you. Let's go back to that because it's not about finances. I know it can be a little difficult because we are in a difficult situation financially. So don't, don't think about that right now. Just think about the God who gave and the God who continuously gives. That that's the God you're praying for and that's what tithes and offerings are all about. It's not about how much we give to God. It's the fact that He already gave to us and that we're acknowledging what He provides for us. And many of us are learning. We're learning how to give. But just know that the greatest example of what it means to give is what God did. And with that kind of heart, when we look to him at his example of being the greatest giver, then we can follow his example and have that same kind of heart. So as we bow our heads and pray over our tithes and offerings, let's keep that in our hearts. Lord God, thank you for setting the example on what it means to give. Thank you for giving us the privilege and opportunity to give to you and the honor to do so. And right now, as we prepare our hearts we know that you have already given to us. And what we give back to you is a small portion of your greatness, your goodness, and how much you have provided. You love a cheerful giver, so help us to understand what that means. And if we're learning about what it means to give, may we come with that kind of heart because it's never about the finances. It is always about the heart behind the finances. We pray that you would provide for those who are having the most difficult time and they don't know how things are going to work out. But Lord, you do. So we put our trust in you. And we thank you for being the greatest giver of all. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said together, amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Sheldon. And these are the four ways that you can give. Pretty self-explanatory. We've been doing this for a while. But if this is your first time back, then we also have boxes at the back of the um, sanctuary on the walls that you can also drop your envelope in. But welcome back for those of you who, who this is your first time back in a while. Love seeing your guys' faces. And that's the truth. Tonight we're going to be talking about the truth. Ooh, ooh, you guys ready? You sure? Because you can't handle the truth. Nah, it's not that bad. The truth the truth is so important. And the truth is, what is the truth? Like, really, what is the truth? Nowadays, you know, like with 
social media, TikTok, all these videos you can see. Anybody can put up a video, edit it, and it, they can make you sound like you said the worst thing possible. They do it to celebrities all the time, right? Oh, so-and-so said this. How do we know that's the truth? How do we know that that's what they really said? It's hard to tell. I mean, before social, I'm not, I love social media. Before social media, we have something called the old wives' tale. How many of you guys remember this? Plucking gray hair makes more grow. You guys ever heard that one? You pluck one, five come to the funeral, right? <laughs> they say that, right? Like, don't pluck that gray hair, otherwise, poo. Technically, one hair follicle, one hair. Three not going to sprout out of one follicle. So that's an old wives' tale. Okay, what about this one? Cracking knuckles gives you arthritis, right? Actually, it's just the sound of bubbles, nitrogen bubbles. And to tell you the truth, the truth I found out is I have arthritis in my fingers. I just found out I had to have surgery in one of my fingers. That's why I have this big thing, okay? But um, I never cracked my knuckles. So that's not, that's not the truth. You can get arthritis other ways. Okay, what about this one? Coffee stunts your growth. Today, they find out that caffeine doesn't, ha it, that's not true. So they say. What do we believe anymore, right? They tell us one thing, swallow gum and it stays in your stomach for seven years. Years. Not days, years. I don't know if you guys heard this one, because this is something my mom told me, and I believed her all the way to like recently. <laughs> Plumeria, you know the flower, plumeria? The milk, if it gets in your eye, you'll go blind. She told me that as a little kid, because I used to always, okay, I know you can't imagine this, but I used to love climbing trees, and I used to climb. Whatever tree I could find, I would be up in a tree. And so I was in this plumeria tree one day, and she said, you better be careful, because uh, plumeria milk is poisonous, and if it goes in your eye, you'll go blind. And I was like, wow. And then, like, recently, I was talking to somebody, <laughs> And I said, yeah, because you, you can go blind, right? And they looked at me like, you're so stupid. <laughs> so I looked it up. I looked it up. Because my mom, she passed away. There's no way I can go to her and go, mom, why did you say that? So I looked it up, and online it says the plumeria flower is poisonous highly toxic and shouldn't be touched. The petals, stems, sap, everything. Somebody better let all the hula dancers throughout Hawaii. <laughs> when we were kids, May Day program, what was the most popular? Right? Plumeria, everybody picked it. We did all that. So I was like, what do we believe? What is real? What is the truth? Well, it depends on who told us, right? If we look up the word truth in the dictionary, it says the quality or state of being true, that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality. Okay. The third definition scared me. It says a fact or belief that is accepted as true. Accepted as true. That's how it is, right? You know, I actually talked to my doctor about the whole gum thing, and I asked him, Doc, for real. <laughs> If I swallow gum, will it stay in my system for seven years? He said, 
that actually, yes, because the fluids in our digestive tracts are not strong enough to break down the textures of the rubbery substance that is called polysubutylene that is also, mind you, used to manufacture inner tubes. Therefore, it could stay in your stomach for years. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy, because I just totally made all that up. So does it make it true if you accepted that fact, right? Does that make it true? Maybe it's true to you. Maybe it's true to me. And that's scary. Okay, what about this one? When I was four years old, four, I took my life savings, ran away from home, got picked up by the police. It's truth. That actually happened. I actually did that. I ran away from home at the age of four. Okay, okay. Mind you, I was a daddy's girl, and my dad was at work, and I missed him, and I wanted to see him. So I took my money. I don't know what I was watching that made me think that I could take money out of my drawer, my birthday card money, which was like $7. That's my life savings at the age of four. And then walk down the road. Kid, we still live on Kilauea Avenue, that main road. And I walked out the door. My mom didn't even notice I was gone. But I walked out the door, walked down the road. This man was like, saw, he was watering his plants, saw me, was like, what is this little kid doing walking down the road? Took me in his house, called the cops. They, I told them, I don't know how I knew my address. They took me home. My mom's watering her plants, and we pull in with the police car, and I'm like waving at her. <laughs> she was not happy about that. But that was true. What is truth? We are in this small group, and we're, I know you guys heard me talk about the Mama Bear book. And they talk about objective truth and subjective truth. Objective truth, basically, you think about an object, what it is. This is a cell phone. No matter what you say, it's a cell phone. So that's, the, that's objective truth. Subjective truth is, well, you know, to me, this is my TV because I watch shows on this. So technically, my truth is that this is a TV. That's my subjective truth. That's my opinion. And so in this book, we're learning about how people are taking the truth and twisting it to make it their truth. What we see, what we hear, what we do. But the truth is, this is a cell phone. It is. I can watch shows on it, but it doesn't make it a TV. I cannot walk into a TV store and buy this. Neither can I walk into a cell phone store and buy a TV. So this is the truth, that this is a cell phone. That's the objective truth. So when we're looking at all of this, we realize we're all learning together because through time, through people telling us wrong information from when we were small, whatever, we're all learning together. And that's why we need community. That's why we need each other. So you guys can say, Kat, that's not true. Plumeria is not going to make you go blind. Oh, okay. You know, we need each other. We're going to learn from each other. Even as we read the Bible, even as we learn tonight on Sundays, as we do our devotions. Devotions are where we go in our Bibles. You guys are believers here. You guys are, you know what devotions are. But sometimes we get caught and be like, okay, is this true what this is? Like, what does this mean? then you can like network with other people. You can have small groups. But what is the truth? So let's read the Bible. In Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my 
nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. He's talking to all of us. So whose truth should we look at? Not my truth. God's truth. God's truth is the only truth. He is all-knowing. Who am I going to listen to? What am I going to read? Of course, I'm going to read the Bible. Because he's talking to all of us. God calls us his children. That's so cool. Like, he loves us, cares for us. He has plans for us. He makes plans because sometimes we make our own plans and it doesn't turn out too well. We make our own decisions. We jump and then we go, oops, I forgot to ask the Lord first. And then how does it turn out? Not good all the times. But his thoughts are not our thoughts. That's why he calls us children, because he's still caring for us. We still have so much to learn. I'm a grandma, but I still call myself a child of God. I'm a grandma, but I don't, I don't know more than God no matter what. And only with God will I still refer to myself as a child. Now, I'm not going to say, oh, you knew my mom. Yes, I'm Jean's child. I don't say that. I say, oh, she's my mom or I'm her daughter, but I don't say I'm a child. The only time I refer to myself as a child is when I refer to the Lord because he knows more. His thoughts are way bigger than my thoughts. Whenever I think about the Lord, I think about him teaching us. I think about him guiding us. And why is it when it comes to the Lord, it's different? It should be different because he is different. Like, okay, for example... As parents, right? We, we teach our children to, to read, to walk even, to ride a bike or anything. We teach our kids how to eat with a fork, how to go potty, dress themselves. We teach them things. Next thing you know, I'm having to give my daughter my cell phone. Here, change the ringtone. I don't know how to do this. Do it. And she was at an age where she didn't even have a cell phone, but she could take it, look through it, learn it, and do it. And I was like, wow, things have changed. One minute, you know, I'm helping her get dressed. She didn't even know her, where her nose was at one point in her life. And now she's telling me how to, how to do simple things. And that's, and that's the difference. Because we will never know more than God. He will always be higher than us. His thoughts are different from us. Always be, we'll never outgrow him. So who should we seek the truth from? God. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. In John 8, 31 through 36, it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. The truth is, if we abide in Jesus' word, we follow Jesus, we accept him as our Lord and Savior, we are free for eternity, right? I mean, not free, maybe not living large here in this life, but for eternity. But we know this already. We as Christians, we know this. We talk about it every Wednesday and every Sunday, right? We, 
We talk about it. We know it. We even sing about it. Who the sun sets free. Always free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. We sing it at the top of our lungs. So we can seek the truth. We can know the truth. We can sing the truth. So why do we falter sometimes? Why do we, why do we still mess up in life sometimes? And that brings us to our first point. It's because we need to believe in God's truth. We can know it all we want. We can talk about it all we want. But if we don't really believe it, God's truth, not your truth, not your friend's truth, not my truth, God's truth. We as believers, we are free. I talk to some people who are believers, and they feel guilty or afraid. They have a, an offense that they're still carrying. They, they don't feel worthy, even knowing they know that Jesus died for them and their sins, but they still carry it. It still stops them from living free. You may be the one that feels, I cannot serve at church, not yet. People who know me, they're going to see me serving, they're going to freak out. Maybe you know someone who needs the good news and the hope of the Lord. Jesus Christ died for them. But you don't feel worthy to open your mouth and tell them the good news because you think they'll laugh at you because they know you. Maybe watching online. You're like, no, I believe, but I cannot be seen in church because people can see me who know me and know my past and see me and they're going to just be like, oh my goodness, what are you doing here? They're going to judge you, right? Maybe you're embarrassed. Here's a secret. Here's the truth. I felt all those things. Many of us have felt those things. If I go to church, they're going to judge me. The wall's going to fall down, <laughs> right? They're going to chase me out. And, and you might think, oh, Kat, you're so comfortable. You're such a people person. You must have went to church and just blended right in, just fit right in. Okay, that's not the truth. The truth is, I would come, when I first started coming to church, they would have these wonderful, nice ladies outside the doors, the greeters, and they would give name tags. And I would walk around them and avoid them because I didn't want you guys to know me. I didn't want you guys to know my name. Because if you knew me, then you would know my flaws. If you knew me, that would make me vulnerable. Then you would judge me. They would give me one. Sometimes I kinda, I'd be like, okay, walk this way. Where is she going? Okay, walk this way. But then they'd still give me one. I'd be like, oh, she caught me. All right, put the name tag. Sit down. I'd rip it off. I'd rip it off. I'd, I'd stick it in the, we used to have bulletins. I'd stick it in there. Here, hold this for me. You know, that's how bad I was. That's how much I was afraid. That's how embarrassed I was. And I was ashamed. I was ashamed because I cared so much about what people thought. Today, I'm set free. Obviously, I'm still here. <laughs> I mean, I'm literally up here. <laughs> right? So that means I'm set free because I don't care. 
I don't care what people think. I don't care if somebody from my past, and they have. <laughs> I've been up here before, and I've seen somebody from my past. I went, ooh, yep, this is me up here now. <laughs> That's why I appreciate the Apostle Paul so much, right? The Apostle Paul, in 1 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4, he says, I care very little if I am judged by you or by any human court indeed. I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. He didn't judge himself. He didn't listen to his own thoughts. And Paul, if you remember, as Saul, he chased and hunted down Christians. He threw them in jail. He testified against them. He was against the gospel of Jesus. And what did he end up doing after his encounter with the Lord? Total 180. Total 180, changed his life. He became the Apostle Paul. He didn't care what anyone else said. They knew who he was. He was kind of famous. He was kind of, but that's the guy. That's him. But he didn't care. He didn't care about what he used to do. All he cared about was God's truth. He knew, he knew what he did. He never denied it, but he cared about what was God's truth. He believed that he was saved. He believed that he knew Jesus. He encountered Jesus. He knew. I'm so glad that we have the Bible. I'm so glad that we have the Bible, that we have something that we can reference through, even though it was written thousands of years ago. I mean, how can it still be relevant, though? How is that possible that I can read this about ancient times, and it's still relevant to me? How is that possible? You know how fast things change. I mean, remember when they used to tell us growing up, they had this whole campaign about milk and how it does the body good. Remember? Got milk. So we used to drink milk like crazy, and then you find out later what is not good for everybody, your digestive system. Remember when they came, came out and they told us, oh, yeah, as adults, you shouldn't drink milk, though. It's like, what? All my life, you've been, you guys have been telling me I need to drink milk. Now what? You know? Or... Remember, <laughs> I'm going to show my age here, but it's okay. Remember when they sold cigarettes in vending machines? Okay, I know you guys. Okay, whatever, you guys, young people. No. They used to sell it in vending machines, like candy. Kids, I used to go get from my auntie guys. Here's 75 cents. It was 75 cents back then. Yeah, that's how old I am. But you could go at quarters and go to a machine. That's how it was before. I mean, the, it wasn't harmful, right? Cell phones. Oh, cell phones. Remember when cell phones first came out, how big they were? <laughs> you had the bag, and you had to hold it with two hands. It was a cell phone like this. Oh, yeah, I got my cell phone. Hang on. Hello? <laughs> Remember cell phones? And then what happened to cell phones? The, the better and cooler cell phones were smaller and smaller and smaller. And then you were like, hello, hi, hello, yeah, yeah, what, where are you going? Yeah, they were small, and the smaller they were, the cooler they were. Now, what are we buying? The plus size, because we want to watch movies now, so we need the plus size so the screen is bigger so we can see. It goes like this. Things change. Things change. I just, <laughs> I just heard my daughter the other night. 
talking about how jeans don't make sense because she bought her daughter this pair of ripped jeans and she said the ripped jeans was more expensive than the not ripped jeans that doesn't make sense and I'm laughing to myself I'm like things change remember when ripped jeans was shame embarrassing ah <laughs> uh, you get puka in your pants remember that when ripped jeans meant you were poor that you couldn't afford new jeans now it's like oh yeah I gotta make them bigger or I'm gonna spend $50 more for this jeans because it's ripped things change but you know what doesn't change Jesus Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and for how long forever forever so how is the Bible being relevant today possible because he's relevant yesterday today and forever in Hebrews 4 12 through 13 it says for the word of God is living and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart and there is no creature hidden from his sight but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The Bible is living and powerful. That's why we can still reference it. That's why we can still learn from it. Be convicted by it. You ever read the Bible? It was somebody else's story, but yet you're like, ooh, Lord, you're talking about me. I, I, I did that. Shocks. That was wrong, yeah. It's because it's living it's God breathed life into these pages for you and I to learn from. What to do, what not to do, how to be disobedient, how to be obedient. We learn from all the stories of people that went before us. We also see redemption through Jesus Christ our Lord. God sees our hearts and he knows. He knows we need to read these stories. He knows. He knows our story. He knows our stories. He knows we need these life lessons. He didn't, he didn't write it because he needed a New York Times bestseller. <laughs> he, needed, he wrote it because we needed it. Because we need instructions. I mean, God is so good. He didn't just say, follow me, worship me, love me. He gave us instructions on how to do those things. He even gave us instructions on how to, how to worship him. In John 4, 23, it says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. That's who he is seeking, those kind of worshipers. That brings us to our second point. Worship God in spirit and truth. What does that mean? Worship God in spirit and truth. True worship isn't a ritual or a ceremony or even how well it sounds. Thank you, Jesus. It's a spiritual reality when we are one with the Holy Spirit and we are in such reverence and in such awe of him and coming with a heart that is so thankful and so grateful that it's all about him. It's all about him. You may hear us singing, like sometimes the singers up here will say, you know, Let's praise the Lord. You know, if there's something heavy on your heart, let it go. Just let it go. We're not just saying that so that you feel better. We're saying cleanse yourself. Cleanse your plate. Clean your plate. Wipe out everything because it's all about him right now. 
This worship, it's all about him. And we are going to give thanks in song. And that's what we mean. It's because we have to clear our thoughts. You ever tried, you ever tried spending time with your kids while you're stressing out about something else? It's not the same, right? But if you go with a clean plate, a clean slate, and you're good, totally different experience. So when we worship the Lord, it's all about him. Shouldn't it be? Our very breath that we breathe right now without even thinking about it comes from him. The reason why we exist today is because of him. And the reason why we have eternity in heaven is because of him. So yeah, worship should be all about him. The truth is we're not worshiping ourselves. We're not singing songs because we love us. <laughs> we're not blameless. We're not sinless. The truth is I'm not perfect. The truth is Jesus Christ died for my sins. He paid a debt that I could not pay. The truth is he died for me so that I could have everlasting life in heaven. The truth is I don't deserve it. One of my favorite scriptures is Luke 7, 47. And it says, Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. You know the woman that just gave her all and just anointed him and just was like in such awe of him and just had such reverence and love for Jesus washing his feet because she was a sinful woman. She knows what she's done and she just loved him so much. That's why I worship the way I do. How I've sinned, how much he's forgiven me, how he's forgiven me, you guys lucky I don't set off fireworks every Sunday and Wednesday on this stage. Come on, somebody. I'm like, my goodness, every time I think about how much the Lord loves me and has forgiven me, I like set off. If I was a senior pastor of this church, the neighbors would hate us because every Sunday, Wednesday, fear, pa, 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 pa. Because I'm like, Lord, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That you love me. Wow, that's, that's kind of crazy. That's why I worship the way I do, with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, because I don't care. I don't care, because I know the truth. So I don't care how I look. Okay, I do care to a certain point. <laughs> how foolish I look, that's why I don't go back online and watch it. Sometimes I'm like, oh, you, girl, you can't dance. What are you doing right now? Stop making that, what are you doing? So I care to a certain point, but not, I don't care to a point of stopping, of, of being like, I'm going to care what people think, so I'm going to stand like this. And, I'm, and you know what? Not, it's not for everybody. Like, say, your worship unto the Lord, you stand perfectly still, and you're in reverence. I'm not saying that you got to jump, jump around and act a fool like me to do it, but that's my worship, because that's my, but as long as your whole worship is all about him. And it's all in reverence. And do you just come with a thankful, reverent heart? That's what it's about. You know, that's what it's about. Who cares what other people think? Who cares if they're like, how's that person? They stand perfectly still. They don't, they're not worshiping. Who cares? You are. You are worshiping the Lord. As long as in your heart, you are. But it's more. Our worship is more than what we do in here. 
on stage in here. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is the, the way we live. Living a Christ-like life is our worship unto him. Being obedient to the Lord is our worship unto him in everyday lives. And that's our third point. Live God's truth. Live God's truth. That's why we say worship isn't a ritual or a performance. It's how we live our lives every day. If we're still living the same lives we did before we became Christians, if we're still treating people unkindly or being rude because the line is too long, you know how many times I was actually patient with someone or a situation? I have to bring it up because patience is not my strongest suit. But thank the Lord. <laughs> thank the Lord. I'm asking him daily, change me from the inside out. Don't, don't just make, I don't want to just be nice. I want to be Christ-like. So Lord, change me, change me. And you know how many times like something happened or the line was super long and it took forever. And I'm like, Lord, just change me from the inside out. 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 And then I go and the person, the person is like, thank you so much for your patience. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. I'm not, I'm, and I truly felt like that. I wasn't just acting. I truly felt like, because when you pray, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. <laughs> and works. And I was just like, it's okay. I'm not in a rush. It's fine. And then they go, oh, thank you, Pastor Cat. <laughs> if I'm not living a life of worship with a heart of gratitude and acknowledging God's grace, then yet yeah, I do act and speak differently. What does it look like to live in God's truth? Well, look at our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If anyone, anyone knows, knows how to live in obedience and to live in God's truth, it's Jesus because God is love. So Jesus, Jesus, his whole walk, his whole ministry, his whole, the theme of his life was love. And he loved all all the truth is i don't want to just be polite i don't want to just be nice i don't because that that's surface that's so shallow because in an instant if we just nice it's so fake and it can change so easy i don't want to be fake the truth is i want to be more christ-like the truth is <laughs> i'm gonna fail <laughs> i'm gonna fail but i'm not gonna stop trying Jesus is the only one that is perfect. He's the only one that, that didn't fail. I'm going to fail, so I'm going to keep trying. Then that means praying not only for friends and family or people that I like, but praying for those who have wronged me. Or those who don't like me because I have wronged them. If my love for God is true, then I need to pray for everybody. That's what Jesus did. If I'm going to say, if I'm going to stand up here and, and talk about the truth and to live the truth, then we need to pray for all because that's what Jesus did. We need to think of people that we have wronged and ask for forgiveness. We need to think of people that have wronged us 
and pray for them. I'm not saying that I'm going to invite these people to my house. <laughs> but I am going to pray for them. I have. Did they wrong me ever again? Yep. <laughs> they wronged me again. But that's not my kuleana. My kuleana is to do what God, my, my mission is to do what God has told me to do. And that's the truth. It's so easy to pray for people that we like. Try pray for somebody that you don't. Somebody who actually hurt you. And we need each other as a community. We need each other. We need each other because we need accountability. Because left alone, whoo, boy, we can mess things up, right? We need to be able to, to come to each other and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you please pray for me? Let's pray together. Yes, let's do this together. People going out into the community, not being ashamed to pray for somebody in public. Warriors, that's what you guys are. That's what you guys are. Then be a warrior. To be able to do this together as a community. But you know what? Even the most nicest people, the most patient people, need Jesus. You know of nice people? low-key life they don't do anything wrong they don't harm anybody you can be a really good person in your eyes and everybody else's eyes around you but the truth is you still need jesus the truth is we all need jesus we all struggle even pastors what yes pastors too struggle we're human obviously if you ever seen me in traffic yes I struggle talk about it all the time but we all need Jesus in John 14 6 it says Jesus answered I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me no one comes to the Father except through me. He didn't say, nice people get a pass. He didn't say, ah, you're a good person, you're okay. You, I'll let you slide. No one comes to the Father except through me. Think of all the people in our lives that don't know God's truth that that is the truth not if you be good and if you behave you can go heaven no only through the son as Jesus as their Lord and Savior will they go to heaven so think about someone who doesn't know God's truth even the ones that seem to have it all together in your eyes you're like nah that sweet auntie guarantees she went to heaven nothing is guaranteed you gotta pray for those people Pray for the ones that seem to have it all together. Think about somebody who needs to know the truth of Jesus. Now, what are you going to do about it? Not me. What are you going to do about it? These are people that might not ever step through these doors or turn it on online, but what are you going to do about it? 
This is a cell phone, not a TV, but you can watch shows on it. You may not be a pastor, but you can still pastor people. God can still use you to do his work and to bring his children closer. The truth is, you can be a walking testimony to somebody who knows you just by the way you're living, just how the way you speak, just how the way you care for other people, just how the way you forgive, just how the way you think of others before you, just how you put aside pride and ask for forgiveness, just how you forgive others, just how you make a past wrong right, just how you Just how you love God and love people. You're a walking testimony, and that's the truth. The truth is Jesus is the only way, and we all, we all need him. Amen? Amen! Amen! The truth is, this is one of the hardest messages to come up here and say, and it was funny because the, the title is Truth or Care. Am I going to speak the truth or am I going to care about what other people said? And I was like, Kat, listen to your own message, Kat. So as we go out in this community, let us go and care for people. Love God and love people, gang. Okay? We can do that, right? Yeah? Let's pray. Let's pray. Whew, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for a time that we can come and we want to know the truth, Lord. Help us to seek you. Help us to seek the truth, to know the truth, to live the truth, to worship in spirit and the truth, Lord, and to only do it your way. And when we come across people that, that ask for prayer and we're like so scared and we don't feel worthy, Lord, Holy Spirit, come in the name of Jesus. Empower us as your warriors, as your children, to pray over somebody. Holy Spirit, come and give us that boldness to say, may I pray for you? Even if they say no, we go in our cars and we pray for them anyway, Lord. Because that's what you have commanded us to do. Don't let anything stop us, Lord. Let us live out the truth. Help us to, to make past right if you can if it is possible for us to make a wrong right let us make the first step and put aside our pride let us do it let us pray for somebody we don't have to tell them that we prayed for them lord but put it on our hearts put that person on our heart right now right now and let us even in secret pray for them pray for them to know you one day because they need you too Help us to see this. Help us to live it. And help us to remember the truth that Jesus, you are the, the way, the truth, and the life. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Amen.